This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. According to the National Weather Service, a winter storm watch will be in effect from 4 p.m. Saturday through Sunday at 7 p.m. for Cortland, Shenango, Otsego, Broome, Delaware, and Sullivan counties in New York, and Susquehanna and Wayne counties in Pennsylvania. Heavy snow is possible with total snow accumulations of 5 to 9 inches possible. Today, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 32. Partly cloudy tonight, low around 22. Saturday, snow likely, cloudy skies, high near 35. Sunday, snow with a high near 35. Pregnant people in New York State would have 40 hours of paid leave to attend prenatal medical appointments under a new proposal by Governor Kathy Hochul. The Democrats' plan to expand the state's paid family leave policy was announced Thursday. It would need to be approved by the state legislature. The plan aims to expand access to high-quality prenatal care and prevent maternal and infant deaths in New York State. The issue especially affects low-income and minority communities. The U.S. infant mortality rate is worse than other high-income countries. The state legislature would have to approve the proposal before it goes into effect. A Binghamton man is in custody on multiple charges, including felony weapons charges following a routine traffic stop. On Tuesday, Broome County Sheriff's Road Patrol initiated a traffic stop on Route 17 West near Exit 71 in Binghamton. The driver, Kyle Kazmarek of Port Crane, was found to have a suspended license. The subsequent investigation and towing of the vehicle uncovered a loaded and unregistered 9mm handgun, a digital scale, and a small bag of white crystal-like substance, which field tested positive for meth. Also found in the truck was a separate license plate, which was used on the same vehicle a day prior as it reportedly fled pursuit by law enforcement. Following the investigation, Kazmarek was taken into custody and charged with criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, criminal possession of a firearm, a controlled substance in the seventh degree, criminally using drug paraphernalia, aggravated operation of a motor vehicle in the second degree, unlicensed operation of a motor vehicle, operating a motor vehicle with improper plates without inspection, and an unregistered motor vehicle on the highway. New York State Governor Kathy Hochul says she will push for schools to re-emphasize phonics in literacy, literacy education programs, a potential overhaul that comes as many states are revamping curriculums amid low reading scores. Hochul, a Democrat, debuted the proposal on Wednesday. If approved by the state legislature, the plan would require the state education department to draft guidelines centered on the so-called science of reading a phonics-based approach to literacy education. Districts would have to follow the guidelines by September of 2025. Many states have opted, adopted such programs as literacy education test test scores have declined. A prospective buyer has been lined up to acquire the Endicott property that was home to Felix Roma and Sons Bakery for more than a half century. The business shut down operations at its South Page Avenue production site last May. 
After plans to close the business were disclosed, company owner Gene Roman declined to discuss specific reasons for the decision. He said the bakery had about 25 employees. The three-acre site is listed for sale with an asking price of $1.1 million. Bruce Cook of Pyramid Brokerage Company told WNBF News the property has been under contract for about two months. Property records show two neighboring vacant sites also have ties to the Roma family. Those six-acre and four-acre parcels are on Dixon Street, south of the shuttered bakery. This may be another big year for Binghamton restaurant and bar openings as plans for another new downtown establishment are being made public. Black Sheep Tavern is expected to start operating this spring. Renovations are being made for the future business at 142 Washington Street. Developer Mark Yonati said the Black Sheep will be a fun bar with a very limited menu. He said while it will be nothing extraordinary, it will be another reason to visit downtown Binghamton. The tavern will operate in a 1,500-square-foot space that was most recently occupied by a hookah bar called Cafe Oasis. Yonati opened Courtside Bar and Grill at 56 Court Street in late October. He said he hopes Black Sheep Tavern will be operational within 60 to 90 days. The Black Sheep will be located next door to Stadium 138, a beer garden developed by former Binghamton Mayor Richard David. That establishment officially opened last Friday. At the moment, United is focused on final preparations ahead of the official opening of Station 45 American Chop House at the old Lackawanna Station on Lewis Street. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. It's Friday, January 5th, 2024. WNBF Live. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Don't waste any time. I'm only here till noon. And remember, the program is not broadcast on Saturday or Sunday. It's going to be a busy morning, so let's dive right in. Scotty, allegedly, from Northern California. You're on the air. Good morning, Bobby. How you doing? Great. Not only am I allegedly from California, I'm also a proud Groucho Marxist. So... I am proud. We're always proud to have among our most loyal listeners, uh, Groucho Marxists. Uh, you know, Bob, uh, I've been watching the news this morning, and it, tomorrow's got a sad day in American history that uh, rivals 9-11 and uh, December 7th, 1941. And just wanted to uh, thank all the Capitol officers out there that, you know, put their lives on the line for that violent in- insurrection. It was just, you know, a sad day in American history. Well, you know, it's sad that some people are still, three years later, trying to minimize what happened on that horrific day, January 6th, 2021. I mean, it's just... Poor Brian parents. They say a former guy has blood on his hands. And even three years later, he has yet to apologize 
No. I mean, that and, wouldn't that know, wouldn't make it right, but at least it would be a start. I, I was watching the news this morning. They had three former ex-Capitol Police officers that had to uh, leave the force because they were injured. It was a violent insurrection. It wasn't a the Cheyenne Social Club or, you know, a tea party. It was, well, maybe it was a tea party, but... Anyhow, it was a violent insurrection, and we got to just face that. And now Mike Johnson, the uh, Speaker of the House, wants to blur out people's faces from the, the tapes or the uh, videos so they won't be uh, prosecuted. What this, what's up with that? Shameful. Shameful. I mean, you know, George Orwell, George Orwell, if George Orwell were alive, even he would shake his head in disbelief. Yeah, I mean... And, I can't believe it. I'm still, you know, shocked to this day that some people think it was a peaceful protest. And it was, by all means, violent. People lost. Brian Sicknick didn't die a natural death. It was caused by his bear spray and people beating on them. It's like it wasn't a natural death on January 7th that he had. No, no, he would still be alive today. He would be with us today. He would still be well, protecting and serving. Had it not well, been know, for the horrific events of January 6, 2021. Well, you know, Bobby, I'm going to say this. You know, the former guy has 91, you know, felony counts against him. One of those should be conspiracy for murder because he people died on that day and he was responsible telling them to go fight like hell. And that's the thing. And sometimes he forgets that we have it on tape. Lordy, there are tapes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I hear... Some people saying, oh, he said to protest peacefully and, oh. you know, whatever. It's, it's like, like with a wink, on, wink, nudge. Come on, man. We, we've seen that before. We've heard that before. We know what it means. Well, you know, and he, former guy, could be reelected. And I, I'm staying right in this country. I love America. I'm not going to go anywhere else. I mean, Francis Ford Coppola said, you know, who's ever elected, America is still the greatest country in the world. <laughs> and by the way, no matter who's elected, they can't wreck this great country. No, they cannot. You know, one man, one man, even a dictator, will not wreck this country. Even if there's just a dictatorship for 24 hours, one man will not wreck the United States of America. Yeah, God bless the United States of America, Bobby. God bless the blue. And I don't understand how come the far right doesn't like the blue. I don't understand that. You would think. You would think they would be supportive. The blue. Yeah, we back we police. back the blue. Yep. Ask Kamala Harris. I wish Kamala Harris was prosecuting the former guy. He'd be in an orange jumpsuit sitting up and sing thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well actually he, he, I he, and and what a great place, by the way, uh for him thing, to spend okay. out, you know, right here in beautiful New York State. You know, how ironic a man who fled New York State because of tax consequences winds up spending the remainder of his life in New York State. I you know, Bobby, love I'm gonna, New York. I'm going to go off on a non-sequitur really quick here. You remember when he uh, he was uh, arranged uh, back in August or whatever, and they had him down as 215 and six foot three. That That's Muhammad Ali in his prime. <laughs> I can believe that. Thank you. There's less like Muhammad Ali when he fought down uh, Frazier. Frazier uh, won. It's like 6'3", 215. What the heck? As, uh, my friend Arrowsmith, as my friend Aerosmith once told me, dream on. Appreciate your call. That's the report from Northern California, allegedly making contemporary news. It's uh, 9.14. We're here uh, taking your calls. All views will be uh, aired for the most part. 
Let's take another call. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? The one and only DJ in Binghamton. What's up with these rhinos calling up, saying they're from California and Florida? These fake callers calling them former guy. Uh, we know who your favorite president is. I I I, I got hairy legs. That's your favorite president. I'm tired of these fake callers. Former guy. Yeah, enough. Enough of uh, critiquing callers. Express your opinion about the issue. What is the deal with uh, a person who three years later still fails to apologize to his fellow Americans? Well, politicians, I realized, uh, they don't like to apologize because they think it's a form of weakness. They think that you're weak if you apologize. But President Trump is going to be on Real America's Voice tonight at 6 o'clock. Well, the one thing we don't promote on this program is is other shows, so sadly. I mean, we promote shows. The only shows that I promote are shows on this station. So coming up later today on WNBF at noon, Dan Bongino. At 3, Sean Hannity. At 6, Mark Levin. And then keep listening because there will be more. So... Our advice to all people is listen to WNBF 92.1 FM and 1290 AM, right? And check check this out, Bobby. The movie Poor Things is out with Emma Stone. Woo-hoo. That's a good movie, buddy. All right. That's going to be good. All right. All right. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll monitor. We'll see if the former guy uh, issues an apology. Now would be timely. I mean, especially since he wants his government job back. I mean, that it actually might confuse some people. What? He apologized? Oh, okay. He saw the error of his ways, and he will go and become a better, better citizen. Although it probably would be just uh, a political speech. He has nothing to apologize for. Well, we'll see. He could surprise us. Hi, WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning, Bob. It's Dave from Binghamton. Good morning. What's up? Hey, I was calling in regard to the dilemma for the city of Binghamton and the mayor and the uh, city council uh, and the appointing of someone to fill the term and or fill the spot of the 6th district until they can have the special election. And I, I've been trying to see what both might be looking at in regard to to what the actual laws state. And it does look like the city council is correct. Um, Cause like I'm looking at the second city's law or the secondary city's law um, where it says if a vacancy shall occur other than by the expiration of a term in an elective office of the city, uh, the mayor shall appoint. So the term of bill expired because he didn't win the election, so it expired. Um, so and so the person so appointed to such a vacancy um, uh, shall hold office until the commencement of the political year next, succeeding the first annual election after the happening of the vacancy at which a successor can be elected. If a vacancy shall occur in an appointive office of the city, otherwise other than by expiration of the term. Uh, the officer, officer's board, or body authorized to make appointment to such office uh, for the full term shall appoint a person to uh, fill such vacancy for the balance of the unexpired term. Um, so because it states 
and it doesn't say anything about failure to elect here at all. Um, it just says if there's a, uh, if the term expires, which it did, then um, uh, that may move to the uh, uh, city. So for the elections portion, it says all elections of city officers, including supervisors, um, shall be held at the normal Tuesday spot, um, except to fill vacancies in an odd number a year. All such elections shall be held at the same time. Um, in the case of failure um, to elect an elective city officer, except as otherwise provided herein, the office shall be deemed to be vacant for the purpose of choosing a successor, and the vacancy shall be filled in the manner provided herein. Uh, so I'm seeing it where it's saying it's saying failure to elect, um, except otherwise where provided. Well, it was otherwise provided by it being vacant. So that's where I, I see that. Um, but then with the city charter, um, I had that one. It says, if under plan A through F, a vacancy exists or occurs uh, in the office of mayor or councilman, the council shall appoint a qualified person to fill such vacancy until the first day of January following the next general city election, at which a successor shall be elected to the full uh, unexpired term. So what I'm seeing is, you know, the full unexpired. So the term expired, the city uh, charter states what they do, which does supersede the, the state uh, second city's law. But even the second city's law says, other than an expiration of a term, it's the mayor. If it's the expiration of the term, then it's the city council, or, you know, the city council or right. whatever. Uh, but then, there. so but then, uh, without at least, I wasn't advised in advance. They they went, uh, Mayor Cram went and made his appointment, and then. Phil Strawn was sworn in, apparently, at the Broome County Clerk's Office. I mean, was that on TV? No. Oh, okay. I, because I don't understand why why the swearing in, why it wasn't announced, the appointment wasn't announced, and we, we couldn't attend the swearing in of the 6th District Councilman. I, it, it seemed like it was done as a private quick ceremony unless unless i missed it i i didn't watch all the news channels last night but yeah well it's like they've they've been doing the city uh the former city council with the redrawing of the uh electing the uh the map of the district um the switch for the fifth district candidate like and now this it's like i don't know what um you know if it's the county republican party if it's the city republicans what what's going on but they keep trying to find a way, and I understand in politics you want to find ways that are legal that you can, you know, do, but now, you know, like the redrawing of the district maps, I, you know, yeah, that's all, it, uh, it appears to be, a, have done, have been done in the correct manner, but it's still wrong, how, how you know, the fact that it was done well, so quickly without talk and... At, at any rate, for people interested, at 6 p.m., City Council has a special meeting, and then City Council... Yep is going to appoint a council member. Gee, I wonder who she'll be. Um, right. I mean, that's already been announced. That was announced on, uh, I believe, Tuesday evening that they intended to do that. Or no, Tuesday after. No, it was announced 
I guess Thursday. I spoke with uh, Councilman Nate Hotchkiss briefly um, yesterday afternoon. I, I mean, I've, as they say on TV, I've reached out. I love that phrase, reached out. In other words, I've I've called and or emailed every council member to, um, including actually Phil Strawn. I, I mean, I've, I've reached out to everybody, including Mayor Cram. Everybody has been reached out to either by email or phone. And so far, nobody apparently wants to talk on the program. I don't know why. Well, I think it's because they know it's going to go to litigation and they don't want to talk. Oh, you think that they're afraid that if they talk on the air with their constituents that providing that sort of information might put them in some sort of legal jam. Yeah, until they can get the exact um, discussion points that they know will, you know, be, you know... Well, then why don't they put why don't they put one of their attorneys on? Like, uh, I, you yeah. know, Mayor Cram could uh, appoint, like, Corporation Council or select somebody to express his view, I mean, the legal view. I Actually, I heard on WSKG this morning... I believe uh, Mayor Cram spoke with WSKG Public Media. I put in a request uh, yesterday for Mayor Cram to come on the program. I, I asked him when he would like to come on the program. I haven't heard back, but who knows? You know, the, the day is young. There's still two and a half hours left, left in the program. And I would stay tuned because I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see Jared Cram here in the studio sometime between now and noon, so at least we hear from him. As far as other, yeah, as far as other council members, you know, whether, well, listen to all these council members. Alomni Porter, Kenya Middleton, Robert Kavanaugh, Hadassah Medvedsky, Michael Dundon, uh, Nate Hotchkiss. I, I did speak with Mr. Hotchkiss. Uh, did get a, a call back, a return call, apparently after I left uh, last night from uh, Michael Dundon. So at least some people are calling back, but nobody wants to be on the program. Nobody wants to be on the program, Dave. Uh, it'll, it'll be okay. <laughs> Will it be okay? It'll, it'll be, I need your yeah, reassurance. <laughs> and so, yeah. I'm really a bad actor. Yeah, earlier the, when you mentioned about them doing the... Uh, the swearing in yesterday with no notice to the, uh, any news agencies not broadcasting it anything kind of shows. I'm wondering if they're like, oh, if they did it. I mean, I obviously it, it was a very quick, quickly done. But if they were like, okay, we know the council is going to attempt to do it on Friday's best attempt to do it today or yesterday, and you know, so they were trying to get ahead of it. So that's what they, I they thought. Went, oh, I thought if if, in, if, so. if they if they did it fast fast and quick before any uh, uh, public notice. I mean, maybe maybe the public was notified, but I I wasn't. I was I was here all day yesterday. And I yeah, would have and now it is, I would have gone. Okay. Yep. And now what would be interesting to see is how they can remove someone who is sworn in. Like I don't know what the pro- I didn't see anything in the charter, so and I didn't look that much into the second city's law to see how the removal process will actually be to be like, well, no, it's uh, uh, incorrect appointment or, you know, how they can do it because uh, now you're going to then have two people appointed. How well, is that going to? Well, I don't know. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah, so, maybe they, they 
alternate, you know, the the seat at, at council meetings. You know, they change change uh, representatives every five minutes. Uh, the mayor's office sent an email at 2.46 p.m. about the appointment of Phil Strawn to the 6th District. And um, I won't read the entire statement, but this is part of... What Mayor Cram said in the statement, this appointment ensures a continuity of constituent services and representation for the 6th District residents till a special election can be held in November for the remainder of the term. He also said in this statement, over the last several weeks, the incoming council members in my office worked through legal questions of an unprecedented high vote. The city's office of corporation council, general council for the New York Conference of Mayors, and outside council for the city found the appointment authority and this failure to elect situation rest with Binghamton's mayor under state law. He said this appointment fulfills that legal obligation. Any attempt by city council to make a subsequent appointment goes against the legal advice of corporation council, general council for the conference of mayors, and outside council for the city. An unlawful appointment could lead to a costly legal dispute, which is not in the interest of taxpayers. Yep, so people could see both, you know, his appointment could also have been considered unlawful. So, you know, he, he's even saying to himself, if it's, if it's his side, that's the incorrect appointment. So it yeah. is interesting. And, and the statement that was released by the council members, the Democrats, final paragraph says, the judicial resolution of this conflict may take some time, but it will not absorb the focus of the city council. The elected members of council are committed to ensuring the workflow of government continues uh, well, the question is resolved. But yep. can't we all just get along? I hope so, and okay. hope to see it resolved soon. All right. Thank you, Dave. Welcome. Enjoy. It's 929, Bob Joseph. Again, all have been invited. The new council members, uh, Phil Strawn, Republican from the 6th District, who's represented the districts. For years, uh, Mayor Cram. Hey, the deputy mayor, she can come in. She's been here before. Not in her official capacity. She was here before becoming deputy mayor. So everybody is welcome on this program. The open door policy only. <laughs> WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW.
What? What seems to be the problem? And no lashing out. (laughs) And here we go, WNBF.com with some interesting stories. Why all the secrecy? Why won't they tell us what's going on in Endicott? Yeah, a lot of uh, mystery and intrigue surrounding the future of the Felix Roma property in Endicott. South Page Avenue, what will happen Neighbors are wondering, I'm sure the people across the street would like to be clued in on the next chapter of that uh, historic site. It's been uh, home of um, one of America's best bakeries for more than a half century. And then, suddenly, it wasn't. Suddenly, last May, it closed, and the Felix Roma name lives on in our memories delicious Italian bread and oh the steak rolls and submarine rolls and onion rolls and Mm. yes (laughs) I'm waxing poetic Uh, we do know that someone someone some entity is prepared to buy that property Will they start baking bread? <laughs> Will they bake bread at the property? Mm-hmm. New. <laughs> Bob Joseph's Italian bread. I'd say that's probably not going to happen. Anyway, we've got some information um, on our website. Indeed, the property is under contract. I mean, I mean, somebody is apparently close to acquiring the property, so they have a plan, but it's a secret plan. So if you live on Dixon Street or some of the other nearby streets, Page Avenue, in that general neighborhood, you can only imagine. You can only imagine. Well, I mean, over the years, what I liked about that neighborhood especially in the spring and summer when you'd be walking around the neighborhood or maybe just driving through, you'd smell fresh-baked Italian bread. Mm. Mm. So what happens next? What happens next? I don't know. They won't tell us. If they tell us, I'll let you know. And if you know, you can tell me. Feel free. Bob at WNBF.com. That is the... uh, Official. (laughs) When you have information, that is the official way to report it. As always, if you see something, say say something. Because around here, um, secrets secrets don't help anybody in the long run. Secrecy is not a good thing. So, Bob at WNBF.com. If you have news tips about what's going on, whether it's in Endicott, Johnson City, Vestal, Binghamton, anywhere, let us know. And, of course, your identity is protected. It's Friday morning with Bob Joseph. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of bread, we need to go out and buy some bread and milk. Lots of it. Get the extra big shopping cart. Load it up with 
as much bread and milk as you can afford because the snow is on the way. It's uh, on the way, so I'm not kidding. More details coming up next from AccuWeather, WNBF. is on its way. WNBF Live with Bob Joseph at 938. Joined now by AccuWeather's Joe Lundberg. And Joe, it looks like uh, finally, after uh, a, a long wait, especially for skiers, finally we're going to get some snow in the Binghamton area. Indeed we are, Bob, and it looks like that snow is going to get underway tomorrow afternoon and uh, come down pretty hard at times for a while into tomorrow night before it tapers off and we just get some leftovers as we head into the day on Sunday. And at, at this point, and I, I know the estimates have kind of uh, been all over the place over the last two or three days when it became apparent the way this was setting up, what is the um, expectation for the twin tiers, say generally the Binghamton area, the southern tier of New York, and also down into northeastern Pennsylvania, what are the likely accumulations? We're still thinking that we're going to be in the four to eight inch category across the area. And as you head west and northwest, the snow amounts will start to pour off. It looks like the the worst of the snow, where there's the potential for maybe upwards of 10 or 12 inches of snow, would be in part to the Poconos and over into the Catskills. That just seems to be a place where uh, the precipitation rates may be a little bit more prodigious at the height of the storm. Again, tomorrow evening into the first half of tomorrow night. And... For people here in the Binghamton area, the Triple Cities, when is the snow likely to get underway tomorrow afternoon? What's your best um, forecast for, say, Broome, Tioga, and some of the surrounding counties when the snow really gets underway? I think we're fine through about 1 o'clock. I think you'll start to see the first flakes of snow falling somewhere in that 1 to 2 o'clock hour. And once it starts to snow, I think within an hour, it's going to start to come down steadily and a bit on the heavy side. And that'll last through sundown and into the first part of tomorrow night. By midnight, though, the worst of the storm is probably over with for our area. So it's not a big window when it can snow, which is one of the reasons why we have limited snowfall potential. This system is going to move through, and the best uh, forcing associated with it is only going to be here for about a six to maybe eight-hour window, and that's it. And then after that, it's just leftovers with very light snow and flurries that won't add significantly to uh, our snow totals at that point. So it seems for most people... In this part of New York State, northeastern Pennsylvania, this may be generally a minor inconvenience, especially since it's happening in the middle of the weekend. It's nothing like what we enjoyed, say, uh, December 17th and 18th of 2020. That was, even though it wasn't even officially winter yet, we, we got blasted with 40 or more inches of snow around here. That, this is certainly not like that. I do remember that storm uh, very vaguely, but uh, that was that was a that was a, a monster of a storm. No, that's not going to happen with this storm system. It's going to come and go very quickly. I mean, basically, most of the snow falls within a 12-hour time frame from early to mid-afternoon to just past midnight. Anything after that is going to be inconsequential. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that beyond the storm system, it's not terribly cold, and there's a bigger one on tap for Tuesday. 
And that may start as some snow and ice, but it looks like it's going to warm up and produce more rain for our area. And that raises the specter for flooding with that system, say, Tuesday afternoon or more likely Tuesday night into early Wednesday. And I've heard that that some areas of the Northeast could wind up with uh, one or two inches of rain or maybe even three inches of rain in some spots because of that uh, storm system that's coming in after this weekend's snow. Yeah, you're exactly right on that, Bob. And I think the concern would be for areas particularly uh, along and near the I-95 corridor, but also including parts of the Hudson Valley. Again, there may be enough cold air on the front side of it for a little bit of snow and ice, but uh, there's going to be a surge of warm air that's going to come up into these areas. Certainly, uh, you don't have to worry about it in New Jersey or southeastern New York State and much of uh, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and central and eastern Massachusetts. It's just going to warm up and rain. And with all the rain that happened in those areas during the month of December, the snow that they're going to get with this first storm this weekend, and then that one, have to be very concerned about flooding in a lot of those areas. Well, it's an interesting uh, winter so far, uh, just looking at at what we saw during uh, mid and late December. And now as we enter January, uh, finally the snow deficit that so many people, especially skiers, have been concerned about, that's that's going to be uh, at least briefly uh, addressed. But then with uh, these moderating temperatures again, which we saw uh, during much of December, Looks like, um, you know, looks like the the uh, specter of flooding could be one of the biggest stories of, of this winter. It could very well could be. You know, there is going to be some cold wear in the pattern. We do think that Arctic air is going to enter the picture next week, and that's certainly going to be an, an impactful thing for the the Rockies and Plain states. And some of that spreads eastward, toward the east. It's just a question of how much of it comes, and will we be able to hold on to it? You know, so that, you know, ski ski resorts can actually make snow and keep it at night and keep uh, their their bases uh, strong. Uh, Or whether or not there'll be more storm systems that kind of eat away at that and and bring some more rain. And that's a little bit more nebulous. But at least there's more cold air in the pattern for the second half of January. So, you know, if you're a skier, if you're a snow lover, then at least there's some level of optimism for for the, the middle part of the winter season. One other question with respect to what's coming after this weekend's snow, looking ahead to Tuesday with uh, perhaps uh, mostly a rain event, some snow, but mostly rain. What about winds? Are winds going to be uh, a concern in some parts of the Northeast? I would think so. And I think even in our area, we could be seeing wind gusts probably in the neighborhood of 30, 35 miles per hour at the height of the storm. And that probably would be, uh, I would say, Tuesday afternoon and early Tuesday night right now, the way it looks like. AccuWeather's Joe Lundberg, good to speak with you on this Friday morning on WNBF Live. And, of course, more information about uh, the forecast for specific areas, always at AccuWeather.com. Joe, thank you for joining us. I hope you have a great weekend. All right, be safe. It was a pleasure talking to you, Bob. Take care. Take care. It's 945 with Bob Joseph. It's Friday morning, WNBF Live, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM and WNBF.com. WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. Back to the phones. Gary on Binghamton's West Side. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Hey, last year, there were two questions that I came on and I said I would like answered. One of them I still have my fingers crossed is where COVID originated from. 
And the other one was the uh, Jeffrey Epstein list, so which it was just released. And I got to tell you, <clears throat> I really didn't know what to expect. But, I mean, I'm kind of, like, disappointed. There's not really that much information that came out. I think the real uh, things that we want to know about are the people who were redacted, right? Those are the ones that we want to know. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It was just... Uh, you know, there's a few names out there, but it's what involvement were they all in here? Because this could be a serious thing, you know, to have that uh, underage girls and just uh, the idea of like rich people using them as they wish. To me, it's kind of disgusting. And, uh, you know, I would just like to find out exactly what everybody's involvement was. One of the weirdest things I was on, I saw website and they had this thing and they were talking about it and they showed a picture of bill clinton have you ever have you heard about this painting that they had he had in epstein had in his manhattan oh i think i've heard about it i i'm trying to remember if i saw it but i think i think i have heard about it very strange i mean there's bill clinton sitting on like a couch love seat kind of thing in a dress in a blue dress could have been the dress that Monica Lewinsky wore and in high heels, you know, it was, I'm like, wow, that's a weird thing. And Bill Clinton was associated with this guy. And I don't know if he went into that apartment or not, but boy, if I would have seen, if I saw something like that in me, what what does this take that down in media? You know, it's just ah, odd. It's an odd picture. Well, on the other hand, and I've never had the pleasure of speaking with Bill Clinton who knows? I mean, in a in a, a twisted way, maybe maybe he thought it was cute and clever. Maybe he was proud. I don't know. Or maybe maybe he found it embarrassing and humiliating. Hard to tell if Bill Clinton ever calls into the program. That's one of the questions I'll be sure to ask him. Because no, I mean seriously, nobody else will ask it. So it would be interesting to know if if in first is that true that that picture was there? Did you see it? And when you saw it, what did you think? You know, yeah, that's, there's funny it, that nobody's asking. Yeah, it, there's a que- there's a question Leslie Stahl won't ask. Aha, uh-huh. yes, yeah, exactly. Yep. But it, it should be asked, and and same with the former guy. I'm telling you, Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, they all ought to get on this program, either together or separately. They can call in on a conference call, or they can come to the studio at their convenience. And then answer some questions. I'm not saying any of those three men did anything criminal in nature. But I am saying there are a lot of questions, and I'd like to ask a few. There are a lot of questions, and there are, you know, there are a lot of questions that are unanswered. And right. Sure. Yeah, but nobody, you're right, nobody's asking them. You know, why is how come 60 Minutes? Why is, it, why is it left to me to bring up these unsettling questions? 60 Minutes ought to be all over this. This ought to be, should be. the full hour on Sunday at 60 Minutes focusing on, on this story and tracking down Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, and some of the other high-profile names. Get them on and don't pre-tape it. Do it live. Do it live. And just ask them respectfully, yes. not not in a mean yes. way. Not not no. we're not we're not prejudging, right? But we want answers. Act absolutely. We deserve answers. We don't necessarily, as Americans, we don't necessarily deserve, nor 
actually do most of us really want or care about what Prince Andrew has to say. That's that's England's problem. But as far as Bill Clinton and Donald Trump, I care about what they have to say. If they're hanging out with a, a guy of that caliber, yeah, you know that's yeah, the problem. Know. You know, you know they say sometimes. What's the problem? What's the problem when when you hang out with bad people. I mean, yeah. so, and again, I am not casting aspersions about the behavior of Bill Clinton or Donald Trump. I mean, we know for both gentlemen that they've sometimes made curious choices about their personal behavior. I'm not judging. They're all human just they're, like we are. Absolutely. Right? So, you know, they, right. I'm not saying they're any better or any worse than anyone. I know you're not. I, you know, yep. all I would do, and I would be very respectful... Yeah, I wouldn't be at least initially confrontational. It might turn out to be a confrontational interview if they didn't answer my questions directly and completely. That's where it could potentially be confronta confrontational. But initially, it would be very pleasant. It wouldn't be unpleasant like a deposition. It would be basically, we've got all the time we need, so take your time. Here's some coffee, and if you want, or whatever, and let's just talk. In, in defense of Donald Trump, I mean, he uh, he allegedly didn't do anything. You know, I think the only question was asked, did you ever massage Donald Trump? And the answer was no. So, hey, but oh, and he, I believe he was that. not redacted. So, right. But this is an important yeah. point. He was not redacted. Right. So that person who was redacted, now we don't guess, was that Donald Trump at least? Yeah. Anyway, appreciate your call. And if uh, we can get uh, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump to call in, I certainly will put them on. As quickly as possible. It's Bob Joseph, WNBF Live, on your Friday morning. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. According to the National Weather Service, a winter storm watch will be in effect from 4 p.m. Saturday through Sunday at 7 p.m. for Cortland, Shenango, Otsego, Broome, Delaware, and Sullivan counties in New York, and Susquehanna and Wayne counties in Pennsylvania. Heavy snow is possible with total snow accumulations of 5 to 9 inches possible. Today, mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 32. Probably cloudy tonight, low around 22. Saturday, snow likely, cloudy skies, high near 35. Sunday, snow with a high near 35. Pregnant people in New York State would have 40 hours of paid leave to attend prenatal medical appointments under a new proposal by Governor Kathy Hochul. The Democrats' plan to expand the state's paid family leave policy was announced Thursday. It would need to be approved by the state legislature. The plan aims to expand access to high-quality prenatal care and prevent maternal and infant deaths in New York State. The issue especially affects low-income and minority communities. The U.S. infant mortality rate is worse than other high-income countries. The state legislature would have to approve the proposal before it goes into effect. A Binghamton man is in custody on multiple charges, including felony weapons charges following a routine traffic stop. 
On Tuesday, Broome County Sheriff's Road Patrol initiated a traffic stop on Route 17 West near Exit 71 in Binghamton. The driver, Kyle Kazmarek of Port Crane, was found to have a suspended license. The subsequent investigation and towing of the vehicle uncovered a loaded and unregistered 9mm handgun, a digital scale, and a small bag of white crystal-like substance, which field tested positive for meth. Also found in the truck was a separate license plate, which was used on the same vehicle a day prior, as it reportedly fled pursuit by law enforcement. Following the investigation, Kazmarek was taken into custody and charged with criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, criminal possession of a firearm, a controlled substance in the seventh degree, criminally using drug paraphernalia, aggravated operation of a motor vehicle in the second degree, unlicensed operation of a motor vehicle, operating a motor vehicle with improper plates, without inspection, and an unregistered motor vehicle on the highway. New York State Governor Kathy Hochul says she will push for schools to re-emphasize phonics in literacy, literacy education programs, a potential overhaul that comes as many states are revamping curriculums amid low reading scores. Hochul, a Democrat, debuted the proposal on Wednesday. If approved by the state legislature, the plan would require the state education department to draft guidelines centered on the so-called science of reading, a phonics-based approach to literacy education. Districts would have to follow the guidelines by September of 2025. Many states have opted, adopted such programs as literacy education test test scores have declined. A prospective buyer has been lined up to acquire the Endicott property that was home to Felix Roma and Sons Bakery for more than a half century. The business shut down operations at its South Page Avenue production site last May. After plans to close the business were disclosed, company owner Gene Roman declined to discuss specific reasons for the decision. He said the bakery had about 25 employees. The three-acre site is listed for sale with an asking price of $1.1 million. Bruce Cook of Pyramid Brokerage Company told WNBF News the property has been under contract for about two months. Property records show two neighboring vacant sites also have ties to the Roma family. Those six-acre and four-acre parcels are on Dixon Street, south of the Shuttered Bakery. This may be another big year for Binghamton Restaurant and Bar Openings as plans for another new downtown establishment are being made public. Black Sheep Tavern is expected to start operating this spring. Renovations are being made for the future business at 142 Washington Street. Developer Mark Unati said the Black Sheep will be a fun bar with a very limited menu. He said while it will be nothing extraordinary, it will be another reason to visit downtown Binghamton. The tavern will operate in a 1,500-square-foot space that was most recently occupied by a hookah bar called Cafe Oasis. Unati opened Courtside Bar and Grill at 56 Court Street in late October. He said he hopes Black Sheep Tavern will be operational within 60 to 90 days. The Black Sheep will be located next door to Stadium 138, a beer garden developed by former Binghamton Mayor Richard David. That establishment officially opened last Friday. At the moment, Unity is focused on final preparations ahead of the official opening of Station 45 American Chop House at the old Lackawanna Station on Lewis Street. 
That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Bob Joseph, Friday Morning Live, 607-772-1290. That's the hotline. If you have something to say, this is the place. 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, always available on the WNBF app. Make sure it's on your phone and every phone that you can see. And if you have friends with Alexa hooked up in their home, when you go and visit, tell Alexa to play News Radio WNBF. Your friends will be happier than ever. I'm sure they will. Although they probably already have WNBF playing on their system anyway. But in the unlikely event they don't, there. <laughs> uh, the secrets they keep. The secrets they keep. You know, problem is, if you're trying to keep secrets around here, it's uh, it's probably not not in your best interest. So, just <laughs> better better to answer the questions up front as opposed to try to think you're going to pull a fast one, get something under the radar. Uh, I got a plan, a secret plan. I'm going to make sure it goes under the radar. Yeah, well, that may not be the best choice. 10-11, let's take a call on the hotline. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Joe from Binghamton. Hi, Joe. What's up? I want to talk to the, the Epstein thing. Yeah. I think they're throwing little trinkets and names. There's some names I I didn't recognize or or I know that weren't on the list before. But I want to know who Epstein was getting paid from, the CIA, the FBI, to get dirt on these people. And it, the redacted names might be more politicians. And then the FBI swoops in, gathers up all the videotapes on that island, any information, the black book, that's the information we need to know. Was he an operative? He's flying all around the world, getting these people on film. Who's he working for? That's all I want to know. I, I don't Lord, care. Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Yeah, the FBI grabbed all the tapes, the whole filing. So the FBI has tapes. So, Lordy, there are tapes. So eventually, even if the FBI grabbed them, conceivably, at some point, Going forward, they'll be released. They probably won't, but conceivably, they could because there were tapes, right? That's what I'm hearing. Okay. The, uh, interweb. All right. And I just want to know who was paying him. Was he part of the CIA? Was he a covert? You know, you don't know. And they give you these little trinkets. Look here. 
why we do something stupider over here. Oh, yeah. Like, look over there. Look, a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not falling for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all right. Thank you. That's all I had. Thank you. Ten thirteen WNBF. Oh, look, a bright, shiny object. A bright, shiny object. I don't think any name should be redacted. Name names. Name all the names. And again, just because their names appear doesn't mean they did something wrong. If you're going to release documents, release them all. Now is the time. Let's get out in front of it. Hi, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hey, good morning there, Bob. It's uh, Dave from Vestal. Hey, I'd like to uh, I'd like to comment. You know, yesterday I was listening to you, you guys discussing the, the border security there, or uh, <laughs> lack of it. Um, Bob, you know, once Biden, once Biden uh, supposedly won in 2020, he completely dismantled everything Trump had in place concerning that border. That, and that was totally asinine and harmful. We, we can all agree on that. But since 2020, you, you've gotten calls, you know, to the show speaking negative of Biden's debacle at the border. And but you haven't received one praising the invasion. So to me, that's kind of proof that it was stupid for him to do. Yeah, doesn't Although doesn't you, mean he's not going to get reelected. No, well. <laughs> I've heard you say, well, the people need our help. And, Bobby, you know, people people all over the world need our help. Should we start flying them in by the millions uh, for three years? Oh, be realistic. Huh? For, Should for, we for start flying them in by the millions? <laughs> be, come on, man. If, if you propose something like that again, the call will be terminated quickly. Don't. Don't go there. Fly them in by the millions. What do you think? We're made of money? <laughs> For three years, this administration has been letting this bill into a time bomb, and 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 only now because people have had enough, it's come to a head. I resent Mayor Ryan blaming Republicans not willing to make a deal with Biden for for, for three years. Bob, they've done this, and now they they, sh they should be bailed out. No way. Open borders were done by design. The Republicans shouldn't give him a dime. Let him and his administration wallow in this mess right up to the election. Bob, here's a quick analogy. Uh, a, a guy intentionally starts a building on fire. He, he happens to be the fire chief of the fire department. The whole department is aware he started a fire. Are they going to let him go and help put the fire out? Of course not. They'll do it themselves and let him stay back and pay the price for what he's done. Now, there's three things Trump needs to do. He needs to jump on as soon as he wins, Bob. Number one, reinstate all his border policies. Two, hire thousands of uh, ICE agents to comb the country and deport, no amnesty. And three, reincarnate J. Edgar Hoover to round up all the Marxists and communists and get rid of them. That would be a good start to making America great again, don't you think? Well, I don't think we're going to see it happen, but he certainly apparently uh, plans to continue his campaign. So what I predict is uh, the next 10 months are going to be interesting. Do you realize that the election is going to be held 10 months from today? 
I realize it, Bob. It's going to be fun, 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 fun for everyone. Bob, let's give Biden credit, though. He did keep one promise, you got to admit. He promised, remember him promising to unite the country? And he did it. He united the country against him. Good job, Joe. Appreciate the call, 1017 WNBF Live. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bob. Yeah, what's going on? Oh, from Vestal. Yeah. Isn't Dave still on? Sadly, no. Why? You must have hung up on him. Hey, I no, I didn't that. hang up on him. He said what he said what he wanted to say, and then I went to the next caller. Okay, just let me. I'm paying my cable bill last week, standing there in line, five minutes to ten, it opens at ten. And they've done a lot of reconstruction there where you can't, they don't have paths to walk up. This poor guy in a walker goes walking over this, like, uh, like flower bed dirt or something. I said to this lady behind me, can't they make walks for people like that? She goes, do you call Bob Joseph? You Bob from Vassal? Yes, I am. You know how many times that's happened? And guess what else she said? I agree with you completely. <laughs> I've never met anyone yet who has said, where do you pick on Bob Joseph? He's such a great guy. Everybody knows I am a great guy. So what do you think about Trump? And he, he still, three years after the insurre insurrection, he still refuses to apologize. Where'd that come from? That's the question. Because here we are. The insurrection happened January 6, 2021. It never would have happened without the encouragement of Donald Trump. And here we are. He's still claims he wants the Republican nomination. And at the same time, he refuses to apologize for his behavior. Who's talking about the insurrection more, huh? Hmm. Apparently have uh, telephonic trouble. On the line. 1019, Bob Joseph, live in living color. 607-772-1290. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. Twenty-two WNBF Live. the phones we go at 607-772-1290. Morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's James from Binghamton. How are you? Great. What's up? All right. Well, who was that? Who was on a couple calls? Was it DJ? I forget. Which one is it? Is that? Uh, I don't know. 
hard to keep track. We're having it's uh, just keep, it's hard to keep track. It's, it's the incredible volume of calls on this Friday morning. I, I had to hear three years of 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 Title 42, Title 42, which, by the way, was originally a COVID measure. So Republicans rebranded as rebranded it as calling it Title 42 because they didn't want to be in support of COVID measures. Uh, but then as soon as it became like some, a, a method to kind of keep people held at the border longer on the other side of it, they're all for it. Uh, what are you talking about? Biden has kept almost all of Trump's like border stuff in place in, to the point that he's alienated a lot of his left flank over it. I mean, deportations are almost at the same level they were then. Uh, and, and normally, I listen, I just let that stuff go. But it's like the third person I've heard this week use rhetoric that involves round these people up. They don't belong here. Get them out. And I don't mean necessary. I don't mean in terms of like uh, 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 people who are here, migrants or, or refugees who are waiting to be processed, which, by the way, every one of them has a right to as a human being and under our Constitution. So you can shut up with that. And secondly, what is a communist? What's a Marxist? Because you talk about making America great again, and yet the decades you opined for, the upper tax bracket was about 50% more than it was now. So if I supported going back to that, does that make me a Marxist? Because the Republicans would certainly say so. So stop with that, too. Every citizen, including the Palestinian protesters, you don't like what they say? Fine. They're citizens. Congresswoman Omar, she's no less of an American than you. So shut up. All right. Thank you, Bob. Have a great day. Thank you. It's 1024 WNBF, the station that allows voices to be heard. The voices of the American people. Live. Living color. You can find out what your friends and neighbors are thinking. What other station dares to do it? The answer is no other station. No other station dares to do it. Only one. 607-772-1290. We're here for you. Hope you're having a wonderful Friday. The insurrection happened three years ago. It was January 6, 2021. Let's never forget. At WNBF... Your station. News Radio 1290, Bob Joseph on a Friday morning. Here's a song that I occasionally sing to my MacBook Pro. Ten twenty-eight. that's what I say. Uh, forecast now from the Weather Bureau, partly sunny today, high 33, cloudy tonight, low 22, snow Saturday and Sunday. And that is the way it is. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Bernadette from Vesco. Good morning, what's up? Hey, Bob, I just wanted to make one quick comment, um, and I'm not even sure how to say it, but Something along the lines of, um, I feel like um, the the progress of democracy is best served when people do a lot of what they do on your show, which is um, just kind of expressing, you know, their views in a 
in a kind of a calm and dispassionate way and, and just just being respectful of other people's opinions and, and kind of like uh, college and even high school debate teams do. They kind of follow the, the guidelines of civil discourse and, and debate. And, and I think that is, I guess, the best and most honorable way forward to to kind of give voice to, you know, the, the opinions of the American people, as you say. And I think your talk show provides a very good forum. You do very well at, at moderating that kind of uh, situation, and I appreciate it. So that's all I want to say. Appreciate your call. Hope you have a great weekend. You too, Bob. Thanks. 1029 WNBF Live. I'm Bob Joseph. Am I a moderator? Perhaps. But mainly I'm a facilitator. Think of me as your friend. Your friend who actually will answer your call. In fact, maybe I'm your best friend because what I've noticed these days, a lot of times when you try to call your friends, you can't even get through to them. You have to leave a voicemail or send a text. So when you call 607-772-1290, you get instant gratification. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Sydney, New York. Hey, what's up? Hey, I, yesterday we just had a con- conversation about the Constitution, right? True. And and now today, um, the person you had that just did the rant against Trump, and, and including you yourself, the January 6th thing, how about all the the, the riots and all the other things that the Democrats have okayed and Kamala Harris bailing them people out of jail and all like that. How come you don't go say anything against the Democrats against that stuff? Why is it always Trump? Because Trump is the only one who has led an insurrection in our lifetime. Has that been proven? No. Yeah. Yeah, just well, look. You... The insurrection was televised. Even Fox News. Fox News probably didn't realize that they were televising an unfolding insurrection, but they showed it. CNN, MSNBC, C-SPAN, CBS, ABC, NBC, countless news organizations in America and around the world, millions, if not billions of people, watched the insurrection live. He didn't say, he didn't tell anybody to go out and do riot. He didn't go out and do that. He didn't tell him to do that. He didn't tell him to storm the White House. He didn't tell him to do that. It's never been proven. Well, that's your opinion. And I respect your opinion. I respect and those, those who, it, those who have that opinion, I respect. I respectfully disagree. Okay, and I, uh, okay, but we just had the conversation about the Constitution, and the Constitution clearly reads, you know, that the borders of the United States must be protected. And, 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 and these people are coming here, they don't belong in our country. There's a legal process. You must go through the legal process, otherwise you do not belong in this country. Does it not say that? I don't have my constitution handy. I don't know. But but does it 
isn't there a legal process to go through to get into this country? Yes. So then how can you agree, and your callers before this, the one that ran it against Trump, how can you agree that these people belong, uh, have a legal right to be here? They haven't gone through the legal channels to come here. And if, as a country, if we continue allowing that, we're not going to have the United States, Bob. We're going to end up being a third world nation. And then, and then what's going to happen? We're not going to become a third world nation. Oh, ye of little faith. Well, we're $34 trillion in debt right hey, now. Hey, hey, don't blame that on, on Biden. Oh, I'm not blaming it on Biden. It's a, it, it, There are a lot of people complicit, including his predecessor. A lot of people are responsible for the the fiscal mess, or at least the, the deficit. Rolling up that kind of trillions of dollars, that's irresponsible. But it's not solely Joe Biden's fault. Take a look at at the the presidents who served over the last several years and members of Congress. But but it, but don't contribute on top of it for fabulous things. There's borrowing money, and then there's borrowing money for like uh, a sidewalk is named in somebody's name or a park. You know, what I mean, we have we. Everybody can't have their hand out and, and expect everybody to get money because the money doesn't just grow on trees. And if you do it that way, it causes inflation. Am I right or wrong? Oh, I'm no economist. I will say, fortunately, inflation is now under control. So I, I am glad to say, I am glad to announce that inflation is now under control. I, I, I would strongly disagree with you on that. Okay. What? I'm not going to argue. I just I stated no, 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 I stated my opinion, and I, I hear your opinion. I'm not going to argue. You know, and, and like I say, um, you know, you know, we have a constitution. We must abide by our constitution, and, and, and all this dickering back and forth, lawsuits back and forth. You know, reading the, the constitution this way, that way, the other way, just like California. Like the United States granted California to include all these illegals with the Medicare program, but yet the state of Texas is trying to protect themselves because they don't want them with the barbed wire and stuff, and the government's suing Texas to have the wire taken out. Doesn't Texas have the same right as California to protect what their state rights are? Well, we'll see what happens. These are interesting times, and don't forget, the election is in exactly 10 months, so be sure to vote. Exactly what I kept, I keep saying, elections have consequences. All right. Everybody knew when they voted Biden in, they knew what they were getting. Well, maybe, maybe it's because the American voters in November 2020 had to pick between two really bad choices. See, there again, I, I, I know under Trump... Look, I didn't nominate either candidate, and I, I have nothing against either Donald Trump or Joe Biden personally. I'm just saying 
as an American citizen, I don't believe as of November 2020, those were the best that America had to offer. Okay. Uh, well, don't you do you agree with that, or do you, do you agree that one one of those candidates somehow was the best America had to offer? Do you be, believe Donald Trump or Joe Biden was the best that America had to offer in November 2020 to to guide us for the next four years? No, I, I do not believe mm-hmm. Biden. Well, what about, and again, I I understand, of course, you're not going to say anything positive about Joe Biden, but then specifically, let's narrow the scope of the question. Do you believe Donald Trump was the best choice for the Republicans in November 2020? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. He was the only one that was looking to protect the United States and its borders. And we were we were we were respected throughout the world. Our our borders were protected. Um, stocks and bonds. Everybody that that is in there was making all kinds of money, and the the economy was much better then than it is now ever. You didn't have the gas prices you are. The shutting down our pipeline gas when we were the number one producer in the world was one of the worst things he ever did. Because now it put us right back into uh, uh, the pockets of the, uh, all the Arab nations and and, uh, uh, and and having to buy fuel and, and our our uh, uh, reserves are depleted now. They were not depleted under Trump. They were full. And and Biden, since he's come in, has been nothing. Him and Harris have been nothing but a train wreck the United States, in my opinion. Okay. I appreciate your sharing your opinion here at WNBF 1039. WNBF Live with Bob Joseph taking calls at 607-772-1290. Good morning. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm Matt from Binghamton. And what say you? What's what's on your mind? I live not too far from John from Binghamton. So do you ever see do you ever see John from Binghamton walking his dog? Oh, all the time. Yeah. I have too. Yeah. That's what I love about yeah. Binghamton. It's a small town. It still has the small town feel, and yet we have unlimited opportunities. Yeah, and we we uh don't we have very different opinions on some things, but I like John. I like I I like his Everybody likes John. Yeah. yeah. What's not to like? Well, I mean, I don't. Well, just I, like, what? No, well, no, don't. It's just like I could say on the air, everybody likes Matt from Binghamton. What's not to like? Everybody should just say, yeah, you're right. So anyway, that's not well, why you called. What's on, what's on your mind? What's on my mind is we do have a system under the Constitution. It's called asylum. Asylum seekers can come to the United States and make their case because most of the people coming, you know, if you look at the, all the people that are coming across the border is mostly women and children and, and families, and they're not terrorists. Uh, I'm, look, we do have a huge problem, just like the whole world has, with um, people moving, migrants who are moving around the world because of climate change, because of political strife, because of so many different things, because of famine, because, you know, 
all through Central America, the governments are, you know, in, in shambles, a lot of them, and, and the young men are having a lot of mothers want to get their sons out of there because if they don't get them out of there, they'll either be dead or, in, or be, you know, have to, have to be in some kind of gang there. So it's these people make this trek from, you know, an, almost an impossible trek to seek asylum from these things. We do have a constitution. It, Donald Trump is the one who went against the constitution when he was in there. He, and he did it under the guise of Title 42, just like the previous caller said, which was meant for COVID. And now, he, you know, they want to make that the regular law. Look, Stephen Miller, I said this many times, Go, please go look it up, people. He, I, there was a whole group of eight, four Republicans, four Democrats who wanted to do real comprehensive uh, reform for Im immigration. They were making progress, and Stephen Miller went around and destroyed the whole thing. He's the guy that's in his 30s that already has a book written about him called Hate Monger. Word is it, word is that if, he, if uh, Trump is elected again, he has a chance of being our attorney general, which would be really... What? And, and, what? Uh, who, who has a chance of being attorney general? Stephen Miller. No. No, that's not possible. Okay. But it, well, well is, but, I mean, is it? Well, the point is, is that the, he writes, all, he was the architect of everything that happened at the border, taking kids away from uh, parents. All that kind of stuff was Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller was just on the show the other night. I heard him say it out. Go look it up. He was saying that it, it, right around Christmas time, they were saying, uh, you know, we're going to deport 10 million people. And I, it would be a cr greatest Christmas present if they just give me an airplane to do it around Christmas time. Well, he's allowed, you know, again, you may not agree with him, but he's allowed to express his opinion. What I think with a statement like that, I think he's just trying to help. What what channel was he on? Do you remember what channel he was uh, speaking to? Uh, I can't. I'm sure it was. Uh, I, I think it, I really don't remember. It. Yeah, but it's, it was probably a channel like the Fox, not the MSNBC, right? No, it wasn't MSNBC. Right. Well, so my point is, is he was just doing it to help them with their ratings. I think they I think some of these. Uh, programs invite Stephen Miller on just to help their ratings, not because they believe him. Well, but the point is, we all know that Donald Trump is, well, I, a lot of people know it. First of all, the guy was saying the economy was better than ever, the stock market was better than ever. They're all, I don't know who they're listening to. The stock market is at an all-time high right now, the S&P. Higher than it ever was under Trump. Uh, the economy is the best economy in the world right now after the pandemic. Yes, gas, uh, well, gas prices are plummeting right now, quite frankly. Um, every place you go every day, they're going down. You know, I just went by, there's down six more cents this morning. Uh, you know, I, and we, this guy has so many things that he's, Biden is doing such a tremendous job, even though he's a geriatric president. He's juggling so many balls with, with Russia doing what they're doing in Ukraine, with everything that's going on in Israel and, and, and the West Bank. 
He's, he's under, and the fact that he brought NATO back together. People have no idea. They, they listen to Trump say Trump wanted to end their alliance with NATO. You know how bad our economy would be affected if that happened? There, there, all these things are tied together. And these people listen to this guy who he's the chaos that hopefully most people don't want because they realize how bad it was before. But now Trump has learned that he will only put in people like Stephen Miller and these people who will do anything he says. Before, we had people that were running as buffers, generals and stuff like that. If, if Donald Trump ever gets in there again, he's already told us what he's going to do. He wants to be a dictator for at least a day. Well, when he doesn't get accomplished in a day what he thinks he can get accomplished, which is not much, then he's going to be want to be dictator for more than a day. Well, most dictators want to be dictators for life. I, I mean, maybe when they start their dictatorship, they start off small and say, I just want to be a dictator for one day. But my guess is after the few, first few hours of dictation that you you love it and then you want to become a dictator for life. That's what my concern would be. If he was serious and, and promised, swore that he would only be a dictator for 24 hours, that might might potentially be palatable. And I mean, it really wouldn't. Nobody should be a dictator even for one second. But if he had pledged, like, I'll only, I swear, I swear to you, Bob, that I'll only be a dictator for 24 hours, maybe then I wouldn't be as worried. But my my fear is if he becomes a dictator on the first day, he'll like it so much, he'll want to be a dictator for life. Well, he's already told us that. He's already pretty much telegraphed it. I mean, it... it just listen to, I, I don't know what, that people, just listen to the other side and listen what he, what they, these are clips of him. You go back for uh, the whole, his whole, and oh, and they're really great. You want to see who he really is and what, where he comes from. There's a Vanity Fair article about uh, Jeffrey Epstein and, and how closely tied they were. And the only reason their ties broke is because Jeffrey Epstein wanted to buy this, um, the thing that went into foreclosure in Florida, this estate. And Donald Trump went in. He asked, he asked, actually asked, Jeffrey Epstein asked Donald Trump to come over and consult about the swimming pool and do what he should do to when he bought it. He was just ready to buy it. Donald Trump went and backdoored him and put in an put in a offer and took it out from under Jeffrey Epstein, and then they've never talked since then. And and that's what Donald Trump's really out. He used to hang out with Je Jeffrey Epstein when all the young girls were around. So did Bill Clinton, by the way. So did Dershowitz. So did a lot of people that sh should all be exposed. I'm not, this isn't just about Donald Trump, but these this is the kind of character that you should look at and who you're thinking about who your candidate is. All right. Well, I appreciate your call. Uh, that's one person's opinion. Matt from Binghamton, the former mayor of the parlor city 1048 more calls are coming up don't touch that dial 607-772-1290 wnbf live 92.1 fm 1290 am wnbf.com To all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know 
that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, Grab my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking back. WNBF Live at 10.51. More calls, more often. John from Binghamton, you're on the air. Bob, I'd like to thank you. Uh, you made the most positive and the most positively accurate statement that you've ever made on the radio just a few moments ago when you said that everyone loves John from Binghamton. However, I have never noticed you noticing me walking my dog. <laughs> you you, you I, may be surprised. I've noticed you, but... I, I notice you from afar. Uh, but I will have criticism. And criticism is this, that you have incited a riot in the country. You have a kill switch on your operation down there. You can kill my call or anyone's call before it airs. And you just allowed one of your callers to tell all of your callers to shut up. And I think that's inciting a riot. And I think that you should apologize to your callers. I'm sorry, callers. I'll try not to let it happen again. It's 1052 WNBF. Tom and Endwell, you're on the air. <clears throat> Hello, Bob. Uh, I just wanted to kind of um, comment on one of your callers. Um, won't mention any names. Um, about the border. I remember a few months ago when the lady that was ahead of all the, the children that were coming across the border, at that time, I think there was like 85,000 children that she had nowhere or no knowledge of where these kids are. She's supposed to be keeping track of them. And that was on the floor at the house. And they don't know where any of the children are. They're not keeping track of them. So I don't know where your caller is getting his information. And then every border agent that speaks about the border, the very vast majority of the people crossing are middle-aged men. There's so many illegals in this country, all these sanctuary cities, New York, Chicago, Maine, California, they don't even want any more illegals. Now they want to ship them all back to Texas. They want them to all come in, but they don't want them to come into their city. They can't, they, they can't house them. They can't feed them. They're shoving them in hotels. The hotels are full. Now they're throwing them in police barracks to just so they can get out of the cold. I don't know where that caller's getting his information, but. I cannot believe that you allowed all that rhetoric for that amount of time and then turn around and agree with him. Well, I'm sorry. I'll try not to let it happen again. Nonsense. And and Biden is not doing a good job. We have conflict all over the country. And the gas prices are only going down because there's an election coming. Of course. It's cyclical. 
Of course, the uh, the gas prices will come down over the next 10 months. Who knows? Maybe if we're lucky, gas prices will head to 250 a gallon or maybe even lower in Binghamton. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Me... I'm not complaining. I don't ask why. I say give it to me, baby. It's, but but the pro- but the problem is, is everybody knew that the gas was going to go down for the election so they could prop up the Yeah, and everybody knew as soon as Trump got into office, gas prices would go up and they did. Take a look at the records. Documented evidence shows after Mr. Trump was sworn in on January 20th, 2017, gas prices started to go up. They were lower. They went lower than Obama had. I'm eventually they they started to uh, drop again. I'm saying take a look at the records. The records will show very soon after Donald Trump took office in January 2017, the average price of gas in the United States started to go up. No, they went down. Okay. I'm not I am not <laughs> I'm not going to argue a fact. The fact is, after Trump took office, the prices started to go up. Did they come down again? Yeah, they started coming down again. But you know, look at look at the numbers. I didn't I didn't make the numbers up. Okay. Okay. I mean, thank you for at least acknowledging the fact. I know, but you don't like you don't like it when people talk rhetoric when, you know, they're not on the same side as you. You call it a conspiracy theory. But when you got people that are on your side, you just let them ramble and ramble. I'll just let people talk for as long as uh, seems appropriate. Part of it also depends whether other callers are are waiting to get on the air. That's the fact. So, so you have to understand. There's a, there's a lot that goes into the to the uh, beautiful souffle that this show has turned out to be. Thank you for your call. The news is next, and then another hour of calls only. On WNBF Live. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. According to the National Weather Service, a winter storm watch will be in effect from 4 p.m. Saturday through Sunday at 7 p.m. for Cortland, Shenango, Otsego, Broome, Delaware, and Sullivan counties in New York and Susquehanna and Wayne counties in Pennsylvania. Heavy snow is possible with total snow accumulations of 5 to 9 inches possible. Today mostly cloudy, then gradually becoming sunny, high near 32. Probably cloudy tonight, low around 22. Saturday, snow likely, cloudy skies, high near 35. Sunday, snow with a high near 35. Pregnant people in New York State would have 40 hours of paid leave to attend prenatal medical appointments under a new proposal by Governor Kathy Hochul. The Democrats' plan to expand the state's paid family leave policy was announced Thursday. It would need to be approved by the state legislature... The plan aims to expand access to high-quality prenatal care and prevent maternal and infant deaths in New York State. The issue especially affects low-income and minority communities. The U.S. infant mortality rate is worse than other high-income countries. 
the state legislature would have to approve the proposal before it goes into effect. A Binghamton man is in custody on multiple charges, including felony weapons charges following a routine traffic stop. On Tuesday, Broome County Sheriff's Road Patrol initiated a traffic stop on Route 17 West near Exit 71 in Binghamton. The driver, Kyle Kazmarek of Port Crane, was found to have a suspended license. The subsequent investigation and towing of the vehicle uncovered a loaded and unregistered 9mm handgun, a digital scale, and a small bag of white crystal-like substance, which field tested positive for meth. Also found in the truck was a separate license plate, which was used on the same vehicle a day prior as it reportedly fled pursuit by law enforcement. Following the investigation, Kazmarek was taken into custody and charged with criminal possession of a weapon in the second degree, criminal possession of a firearm, a controlled substance in the seventh degree, criminally using drug paraphernalia, aggravated operation of a motor vehicle in the second degree, unlicensed operation of a motor vehicle, operating a motor vehicle with improper plates, without inspection, and an unregistered motor vehicle on the highway. New York State Governor Kathy Hochul says she will push for schools to reemphasize phonics in literacy, literacy education programs, a potential overhaul that comes as many states are revamping curriculums amid low reading scores. Hochul, a Democrat, debuted the proposal on Wednesday. If approved by the state legislature, the plan would require the state education department to draft guidelines centered on the so-called science of reading, a phonics-based approach to literacy education. Districts would have to follow the guidelines by September of 2025. Many states have opted, adopted such programs as literacy education test test scores have declined. A prospective buyer has been lined up to acquire the Endicott property that was home to Felix Roma & Sons Bakery for more than a half century. The business shut down operations at its South Page Avenue production site last May. After plans to close the business were disclosed, company owner Gene Roman declined to discuss specific reasons for the decision. He said the bakery had about 25 employees. The three-acre site is listed for sale with an asking price of $1.1 million. Bruce Cook of Pyramid Brokerage Company told WNBF News the property has been under contract for about two months. Property records show two neighboring vacant sites also have ties to the Roma family. Those six-acre and four-acre parcels are on Dixon Street, south of the shuttered bakery. This may be another big year for Binghamton restaurant and bar openings as plans for another new downtown establishment are being made public. Black Sheep Tavern is expected to start operating this spring. Renovations are being made for the future business at 142 Washington Street. Developer Mark Yonati said the Black Sheep will be a fun bar with a very limited menu. He said while it will be nothing extraordinary, it will be another reason to visit downtown Binghamton. The tavern will operate in a 1,500-square-foot space that was most recently occupied by a hookah bar called Cafe Oasis. Yanadi opened Courtside Bar and Grill at 56 Court Street in late October. He said he hopes Black Sheep Tavern will be operational within 60 to 90 days. The Black Sheep will be located next door to Stadium 138, a beer garden developed by former Binghamton Mayor Richard David. 
That establishment officially opened last Friday. At the moment, United is focused on final preparations ahead of the official opening of Station 45 American Chop House at the old Lackawanna Station on Lewis Street. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF. Another big hour of calls at 607-772-1290. Bob Joseph, WNBF Live, Beverly in the town of Dickinson. You're on the air. Hello. How is everybody? Oh, I'm doing well. You got any plans for I the got, weekend? I got a touch of pneumonia. So All I'm right. Well, anywhere. then you better stay inside. You better not go out and play in the snow. No. No, I was just just wondering what was going on up the road. All right. Well, I'm going to look into that, and uh, when I find out, we'll we'll try to let people know. Uh, what else is going on? Did they um, did they ever uh, announce that they're going to put in a new community building over there? You remember they had a community uh, building, and then they had to tear it down because of structural deficiencies. I don't know, Bob. I haven't heard nothing. Well, I missed that building. I mean, I know they didn't have I much of a choice because we had a. We had a lot of good times there when, when my nieces and nephews, they used to come up for, for the holidays and they come down, they, they come up from New Jersey, like if it was on a weekend and I take them Halloween and then they loved it there. Yeah, I was there for 63 years. Yep, that's a long time, Bob. And then, we had um, a lot of nice times there. Yeah, and then um, it's hard to believe they tore it down four years ago. Has it been that long? I thought it was longer than that. No, it was, uh, I think, December 30th. I think it was December 30th, uh, 2019. It's, listen, it's almost like I was there. It was a cold and windy day. It was yeah. just a, listen, it's just, it was just a few days after Christmas. It was, listen, yeah. this is them tearing it down. Listen. Oh, it was so windy and cold. Ooh, yeah, cold. it sure was. It was hey, terrible. Hey, can't they do anything with those swamps? <laughs> with those swamps up there? Nope. They can't do nothing? They can't do a thing. Oh, I thought maybe they could. Nope. They can't do a thing. As far as I know... Nope. I mean, it would be nice no, if they could do something. Wondering. I was just wondering. Because mm. I, <laughs> I used to take used to take my nephew fishing up there. <laughs> well, I don't think uh, I don't think they can do anything about it. I'm not sure what they could do. Yeah. You know yeah, what would be nice is if they would put in a Chick Fil A. Uh, have you been to that one at the mall? Not yet, but uh, no. you know the one thing that bothers me is that they won't open seven days a week. It seems because what if this is my quandary, and I know it's private business, and you know I I know they're well within their rights to if they want to operate one day a week or seven days a week. It's it's their choice, and I respect their choice, but still, 
what I always think about is the is the people who might want a chicken sandwich on a Sunday. What about them? Yeah, well, I guess you know. they'll have to go somewhere else. I guess well, apparently, but that I'd still, you know, say if you have a hankering for a Chick Fil A sandwich on a Sunday, I guess you're sadly out of luck. I guess you have to wait till Monday. Yeah, or maybe plan in advance because if you if you plan in advance and get your Chick Fil A sandwiches on on Saturday, that way you'll have like get a bag of Chick Fil A sandwiches say Saturday night right before they close, and then properly refrigerate them, and then on Sunday when you're hungry for them, just warm them up. <laughs> I can understand them close closing on a Monday, yeah. something like that. But all right, you know, well. But Okay, I'm going to look at. They, can't, at, really, they yeah. can't really force them. No, oh no, and they shouldn't be forced. No, no, a private enterprise should should make their own decisions. Because I remember one time there was a supermarket chain around here, and they religiously refused to open on Sundays until finally they changed their mind and they opened on Sunday. And you couldn't buy meat on Sundays. Right. They had blue laws. Remember when New York State had blue laws and they, they had specific things you could not buy on a Sunday? Yeah, that's right. Never, never understood it. Yeah, I see the taverns are opening early on Sundays. Well, especially if you live in New York, you need you need to focus so you can get set on uh, for going back to work on Monday. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah, you gotta gotta find a, a way to self medicate. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's hard to get it's hard to get on Medicaid. There's there's certain there's 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 certain situations. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of red tape, a lot of regulations. Anyway, I hope you feel better. Yeah, me too. Okay. Okay, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. And that's the story from the town of Dickinson making contemporary news. It's 10.15 in Chicago, 9.15 in Denver, 8.15 in San Francisco. And here in Parlor City, it's 11.15 WNBF Live and local. I'd like to hear from you. 607-772-1290. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Shop Toyota, Chevy, BMW, and pre-owned at GaltAuto.com. What do you really want, please? It sounds like Trump's campaign song. Forget my past. Come on, man. (laughs) About the Billy Bush interview. All right. Enough. Okay, just a little bit more. 
Wish they would put them on a stamp. Okay, enough. WNBF, live, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? I'm Beverly, number two, from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to uh, tell Beverly that I belong to the Shuffling Shoes Square Dance Club. And for years, we danced at Sunrise Terrace. We enjoyed it very much. We were there. Uh, when they closed, we had to find another place to go. We were so disappointed. But we often wondered if we <laughs> added to the demise of the place with all our jumping and up and down and square dancing and that we it kind of uh, affected the construction. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, maybe, but probably not. I'm looking at uh, some of the pictures that I took because... I think it was in 2018, April of 2018, when we learned that the building had to be shut down because of the structural problems. And I'm looking at the pictures. Let's see. Oh, no, it was 2017, actually, December 2017. And I'm looking at the picture I took. On December 11th, 2017, the structure is condemned and um, can't be reoccupied till the violations are corrected. And so maybe... Maybe that was a minor factor. But remember, the place was in operation for, I guess, about six decades. So a lot of people had a lot of fun there. And it's just unfortunate that the foundation began to settle. And there was no no inexpensive way to, to address that. They tried to raise some money, as you recall. They raised several thousand dollars to try I to get know. it fixed. You know, we enjoyed being there, and also we used to vote there, and um, they had the best bake sales. The people in that area would have baked things out on Election Day so we could uh, enjoy their baked things. It was wonderful being there, and we had to find another place to go after they closed, which wasn't easy. So where, do, anyway, you go, where do you go now? Are you still dancing? Well... No, no. Our our club has everything is folded. Oh. People aren't interested in doing that kind of activity anymore. You can't get people to do it's Western style square dancing. We had a caller, Mike Conning. He was very good, and uh, you had to learn sixty four calls. For thirty two calls, you were in a group. We called ourselves the Dynamites, and then when you graduated from the Dynamites, you went into the club. And uh, it was just a wonderful exercise, very good exercise for you. And uh, we just enjoyed it so much. But then when that place called, closed, we couldn't find a place. But like I said, the numbers of people square dancing are declining. I think everybody's too busy with their televisions and their phones to get out and exercise. I think you're right. I think you're right. A lot of people are just uh, becoming couch potatoes and you know it was good for your mind too because you had to know the the dance the dances that he was calling you had to know the in individual calls and it was good for your mind and it was good for your body it kept elderly people active you know there were people in their 70s and 80s that were still dancing and that it really was good for you but as far as i know I don't even know if there are any square dance clubs like that left anywhere in this area. It's kind of sad. Hmm. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. I haven't heard of any recently, but maybe our listeners know if there are still some people, some organizations that are doing some square dancing. I'd be interested. 
Right. Well, I appreciate your call. I hope you have a tremendous weekend. Oh, I hope you do, too, and I enjoy listening to you. Thank have you. Have a good day. Thank you. It's 1123. We're serving you. We only have two frequencies now. Would I like more frequencies? No, Kenneth. I would not like more frequencies. Kenneth, the frequency is 92.1 FM. And, Kenneth, if you wish to engage in the traditional world of amplitude modulation, 1290 AM, WNBF.com. Understand the frequency? I don't know how easy to, how better to explain it to you. Again, a little bit slower this time. Maybe you'll understand, Kenneth. 92.1 FM and 12.90 AM. If you don't have a radio, listen on your phone using the free WNBF app. 1127, having a good time. Let the good times roll. With WNBF Live 607-772-1290, the forecast. Hardly sunny today, high 33, mostly cloudy tonight, low 22, cloudy tomorrow. Snow likely developing late afternoon, high 35. Joe Lundberg from AccuWeather said probably, I think he was guesstimating maybe around 5 tomorrow afternoon for the start of the snow. And uh, daytime snow accumulation tomorrow less than an inch. Tomorrow night snow heavy at times with accumulations of about 4 inches. It's going to be a fairly fast-moving storm, according to Joe Lundberg with AccuWeather.com. And so most of the snow should end Sunday morning. And then you can shovel my driveway on Sunday afternoon, high 35. Right now, it's 29. Here's the guidance from the National Weather Service with a winter storm watch in effect. Total snow accumulations in our area, 5 to 9 inches. Travel could be very difficult. The exact track of the low-pressure center is somewhat uncertain. The Catskills and the Poconos have the best chance of seeing higher-end amounts. And there you go, the weather. As the snow watch never stops at your bread-and-milk station. News Radio, WNBF, WNBF WNBF.com. (laughs) 
still don't want them to redact names. It's one of the toughest things. The toughest things these days in America, the toughest things are when people release documents and the most important stuff is redacted. That makes you wonder, what are you trying to pull here? So you can see, and this happens so often with news organizations, they wait weeks or months or sometimes longer to get a response to their FOIL. That's a request under the Freedom of Information Law. They want their FOIL to get information for a news story. And then finally, finally, you get a big package in the mail or you get an email with uh, a big attachment and you're going, oh, finally... Our weight has paid off, and then you look through page after page after page of documents, and the stuff that you really were most interested in has been redacted. Which always leads you to the question, what are they trying to hide? Why the secrecy? I think that's one of the biggest problems we face today as a country, the secrecy. Whether it's in Endicott or Albany or Washington, D.C. Stop the secrecy. When somebody asks you a question, just answer directly and fully. Provide the information to the best of your knowledge. The secrecy just makes people skeptical of what you're up to. Suspicious. Well, I don't really want to tell you anything. I know you don't really want to, but in the end, we're going to find out anyway. So, why delay the inevitable? It's 1131 WNBF, live on a Friday, January 5. Year is just flying by. Seems like we were just watching Dick Clark. <laughs> oh, Jesse. <laughs> Jesse forgot who is Kenneth. Oh, Jesse. I am sad. I am saddened. Who is Kenneth? I am saddened. What else is going on here at uh, our radio clubhouse? The radio clubhouse. Well, this is interesting. You know how I always want to go to Europe? Well, maybe I haven't talked much about it, but I, I always have wanted to go to Europe. I've only been to Europe once, and that was nice. Greece. That was my only venture to Europe, enjoying... Athens and vicinity, and one island. Uh, a company, I won't, well, I'll name the company. I never heard of this. Have you ever heard of Play Airlines? Play Airlines? Come on, man. Is that for real? Let me look it up. Play Airlines. Play Airlines. Cheap flights. Hmm. Play Airlines. It's an airline headquartered in Reykjavik. They have a fleet of Airbus A320neo family aircraft. 
All right. Well, Play Airlines, they uh, apparently offering cheap trips to Europe. Let me see how cheap. So I want to go to Europe. I can go to Europe in a couple weeks. Let me see. Of course, as always, restrictions apply. How much want to go to Europe? It says 35% discounts are available to fly on Play Airlines to go to Reykjavik, London, Copenhagen, Amsterdam, Paris, Berlin, Dublin, Stockholm, Frankfurt, and Hamburg. So 35% off. I wish it would say, see the story here is in the Albany Times Union. And what I want to see, I wish they would have an example, like how much it costs, say, to fly to Paris. Say, if I want to go to Paris, this is apparently, these are flights operating out of Newburgh. don't necessarily want to drive to Newburgh, but I guess I would if the price was right. But to fly from Newburgh to Paris, I, I wish it would say. Maybe I'll look that up. Who knows, maybe I could do the show. Maybe I could do the show in um, February from Paris. That would be sweet. Again, it says they're low-cost tickets. It doesn't say in the Times Union article just how low the cost is. It's under fifty bucks. <laughs> fifty bucks one way. <laughs> Newburgh to Paris, forty-nine ninety-nine. Paris to Newburgh, nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. It's 11.35. This is Bob Joseph. If you have something to say, the number is 607-772-1290. We're at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and, of course, streaming at WNBF.com. Coming up this afternoon... Noon to 3, Dan Bongino. 3 to 6, Sean Hannity. It's all for you right here on News Radio WNBF. See the curtains hanging in the window in the evening on a Friday night. Little light is shining through the window. Let me know everything's all Summer breeze makes me feel fine. Well, okay. Excellent, then. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going to be a few months before we enjoy summer breezes here in Binghamton. If you want summer breezes, you have to go down under. Australia, home of the kangaroos. <laughs> home of the kangaroos. Hmm. Hmm. Well, this is interesting. 
One of the Capitol Police officers who confronted rioters three years ago on January 6, 2021, is now running for Congress. It's true. Capitol Police officer Harry Dunn described being called the N-word by those who were overtaking the Capitol. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. So now he's running for Congress. So Capitol Police officer Harry Dunn had to put up with uh, terrible, terrible behavior. He said no one had ever called me that nasty, terrible word while wearing the uniform of a Capitol Police officer. Now he's running to serve in the Capitol as a member of the House. Dunn resigned from the police department, and he hopes to represent Maryland's third congressional districts, just south and west of Baltimore. He's facing off against other Democrats in the May primary for a seat currently held by John Sarbanes, who's retiring. Hmm. So Harry Dunn... For Congress, Harry Dunn, working for the uh, Capitol Police, had to put up with a lot of grief. A whole lot of grief. On that fateful day. Harry Dunn, let's listen to... uh, a bit of what Harry Dunn said in a previous interview about about January 6th, about the insurrection. This is uh, from an ABC News interview uh, on the noted ABC News program this week. I spoke with ABC's Pierre Thomas. Man, I thought I had this under control. I beat this. But no, it literally just came out of nowhere. And it it broke me. Imagine. And some of the people there were cops and military people. This is Harry Dunn. And this interview goes back to about a year ago. He uh, he said, you know, people were, I guess, just out of control. But what he experienced on that day, on the day of the insurrection three years ago, had just uh, a profound impact on him, on his life. I've made such good progress. But it was all just like, out of nowhere, just ripped away from me and... It wasn't a specific incident that caused it. And just think. I know a lot of people don't want to think about the impact that that had on real people. So many people since January 6, 2021 have been working diligently to minimize the impact and sort of shrug the whole thing off. You know, it's so much that happened that day. There's still so much 
horror and trauma that happened that day. And that's, what a shame. What a shame. Somebody who only wanted to protect and serve had to go through that. Those individuals who were there, they thought that they were in the right and they would stop at nothing because they were empowered by somebody in the highest power, position of power in the United States. So he was referring to you-know-who. And that person, as we already have established, won't apologize. He won't apologize. Even to the people who were terribly affected. Meanwhile, Chris Christie is continuing his campaign. And everybody is looking forward to seeing what happens next with the Chris Christie campaign. If, in fact, we take him off the ballot and he doesn't have a chance to run, I think it's going to cause conflict in this country well beyond what we have now. Elections in a democracy are supposed to resolve conflict. So let's resolve the conflict. Let's defeat him. And this is my problem with Nikki Haley. She doesn't want to take him on directly. Well, she's trying. She's trying to thread the needle. She's trying to have it both ways because she's made the calculus that there are many Republicans and many Americans who want somebody other than Donald Trump. But she also has made the calculus that if she says anything directly mean about the former president, that's going to cost her votes in the upcoming primaries and the caucuses. So that's a problem. She has a real, real serious issue trying to trying to figure out how to thread this needle. She's trying. Goodness knows she's trying. I don't know. It'll be successful. On the other hand, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis continues to impress. I think that the contrast is very clear. Uh, you have Donald Trump running on his issues. Nikki Haley's running on her donors' issues. I'm running on the people's issues and turning this country around. All right. Well, We'll see. We'll see. I think the American people are hoping that they'll have a couple of good choices on November 5th. At this point, I don't know. Uh, predictions are are difficult at this stage. It's, I would say it's almost impossible at this point to know who the candidates will be. I know. I know all the talking heads, all the chattering classes think that it's going to be Donnie and Joey. Maybe it will. It might be another matchup between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. But this country with 333, 335 million people, not sure what the number is at the moment, this country... As a lot of good people. I would go so far as say the Republicans and Democrats could find two people right here in New York State who would be qualified to be the next president of the United States. 
No, I didn't say Kathy Hochul. No, I didn't say George Pataki. But there's got to be someone. Someone who has the capacity to lead this great nation. Maybe in Pennsylvania. There's got to be somebody, a good Republican and a good Democrat in Pennsylvania. Not sure why everybody seems to think that that America needs a rematch. What, what I've thought over the last couple of decades when it comes to the presidential elections, most of the time, I think Americans want to see two new candidates every four years. Unless there's universal agreement that, say, the incumbent president is doing a swell job, but let's be clear, there's no universal agreement that Joe Biden is doing a swell job. Sure, a lot of our listeners think he is, but a lot of our listeners think he's doing a terrible job. So maybe maybe the Democrats can hold a meeting this Saturday and figure out who they would choose as a better candidate. And maybe the Republicans could also have their own meeting and find potentially a better candidate. It's 1147. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, I'm breaking media professional protocol and calling back twice on the same day. It's James from Binghamton. And I wanted to respond. And that caller last hour was right to call me out for just devolving into shut up. I sounded like, uh, who is that congresswoman from North Carolina that was next to Mike Johnson a few weeks ago or whatever like that with the shut up thing. But Well, I just wanted to say, parenthetically, I found it uh, very, very unlike you. It was, but uh, let me explain a little bit. Uh, and it, it um, you know, I, I don't normally get righteous anger, if you will, but like, you know, Joe McCarthy and his most nightmarish fever dream, uh, you know, wasn't advocating for rounding people up. And, and getting them out of the country. You know, maybe it was for disenfranchising them for being leftists, fine, but that's terrible. But, you know, uh, I, I get really, really set off when it goes from we need better security because, of course, it's it's a humanitarian and 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 um, national security issue. By the way, it's a federal security issue in the Constitution. Uh, immigration is. Uh, but when I start hearing things like, get them out of here, or that opinion doesn't belong here, or this religion is more American than the other, or some language is more American than the other, or this ethnicity is more American than the other. There's only one direction that leads into, and I hate to use this word because I've avoided it, and I've talked down people have used it ever since the Bush administration, but that's straight-up Nazi rhetoric. And that's where it's going if Trump is elected, all right? If people like Mike Johnson are in charge of the country, our gay friends and family are in literal physical danger. So it, it, when, it's one thing to say, you know, we're being irresponsible to how we let people just come over the border seeking asylum. And I'll tell you, the problem isn't not having enough ICE agents. The problem is not having enough lawyers and judges to fast track processing, even if it results in them being sent back. But they are entitled to it through our treaties and through our Constitution. And so it, it, it really bothers me when things go beyond just we differ in opinions. I get like Jesus turned the tables over in the temple when I hear things to the effect of you don't belong here because – I don't like you, you know, and, and, and that's, that's, that's what we got to stop doing that, man. I mean, you, you, I've heard that rhetoric from multiple people around me and just casually spouting it off, like, get them out of here. Like, well, wait a minute. 
No, 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 no. If you disagree with someone, that's fine. If you want to yell at each other about it, that's fine. If you want to, like, not give someone your business, that's fine. But, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that, but there, there, there's no place, and which is funny because people say, well, wait a minute, if there's differences of opinion, then we should be all different. No, 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 no. If there's one thing that we should all agree on as American citizens who love this country and constitution is that every human is entitled to due process and being treated humanely and allowed, you know, self-direction so long as it doesn't violate the consent of others. Thanks for the clarification. It's 1150 WNBF Live with Bob Joseph. Oh, my gosh. Time is running out. Let's take another call. We'll see if we can squeeze another call in. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Bob. Oh, hi. Hi. Long time no see. Yeah. Uh, this guy called to apologize, and he's saying the same things he said before. Uh, man, I swear, I don't understand people, how their minds work. We have laws that people just can't walk into our country. Try to do that anywhere else and see where it gets you. And these people act like it's normal. It is not. I feel like sometimes I'm beating my head against the wall when I hear people like that call in here. This is unsustainable. Our country's going to collapse if we let 20 million people in here. My God. I, I mean, I just get so upset. That's why I lose my temper and say things like I do. Do you understand that? Well, just take a deep breath. Everything's going to be fine. I don't believe that. If these people, if these people cheat and win this election again, I don't think we survive. I'll probably be dead anyway. I'll be 70 here pretty soon. So we won't be dead. I'm not counting on them anymore. You won't Especially be dead. if I get upset like this enough. Mm. No, yeah, I, think it keep, I think it keeps you young. I just wish you would uh, quit this one side. I've told you this 50 times. I mean, yeah. all the things the Democrats do. No, the Democrats are doing some good work. See, that's what I mean right there. But if anything the Republics do, you're all over it. You're just constantly, like you just played that that cop that got called the N-word. How about the guys in the riots that got hit with Molotov cocktails? That was terrible. Never, I, I never condemn looked. that. I condemn, I condemn oh, that forcefully. You love it if it's your son. Oh, I deplore yeah, that. I find that sort of behavior beyond the pale. I don't believe you. Well, you don't have to believe me. Uh, no, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think this might be an act of yours to get people involved. Yeah. I don't think you can be this crazy. Well, I'm not crazy. Of course I'm not crazy. Well, you you can't love Joe Biden. Like I do. Well, he ain't even in charge. I love Joe Biden. I know. But I love Donald I'll Trump, too. Here's hey, the thing. I, I love all of our leaders, and I, I want them to succeed. When uh, Donald Trump was president, the only thing I really wanted was for him to be successful. And now that Joe Biden was elected by the people, I want him to succeed. And it's like 15 bucks. It used to be half that. Don't you people see how wrong this guy is leading us? Here? Well, I didn't say he's perfect. He's definitely made mistakes. But can you imagine having three or four kids now and trying to feed them? No, I can't imagine having three or four kids. Under any circumstance. Can you imagine 
people that have to buy a bunch of cereal, which is $3 and something? No, it's $7 and something. And don't blame Biden for that. Blame General Mills for raising the price of a box of Cheerios to $7. That's called greedflation. It all comes back to inflation. which has nothing to do with Joe Biden. General Mills, even PepsiCo. Even PepsiCo got, got in big trouble uh, in Europe because they kept raising prices. And, and finally, Carrefour in Europe finally called PepsiCo and said, we're not going to stock any more Pepsi products. We're not going to stock any more of those salty snack products like the potato chips and the Doritos and the Tostitos and the uh, moon chips because they were raising prices too much. They got greedy. Everybody's greedy. Yeah, but not not as greedy as some of these companies. They were raising prices multiple times last year, and they were bragging about it on the earnings calls. They were saying, oh, we're going to keep raising prices because we can do it. They took advantage of inflation, and and they wanted to grab as much money as they could while inf- inflation continued to be at high levels. And finally, one chain in Europe, maybe this will spread to the United States, where supermarket chains will say enough is enough. That happened once here, you know, when uh, Ferris Akel at the giant markets told Pepsi, knock it off. And Ferris Akel pulled down Pepsi products out of the giant markets. It was a beautiful thing. Good. I hope somebody does something. Yes. It takes... It takes a courageous leader. It takes a courageous leader. And in that case, Ferris Akel was a courageous leader. And I believe Pepsi products were out of the giant markets here in Broome County for 13 or 14 months. And eventually they came to an agreement. They came to an agreement. And Pepsi products were restored to the giant markets, but only after they came to an agreement with the Akel family. And that's the kind of leadership we're seeing now from Carrefour in Europe. They need to come to an agreement regarding pricing. You can't gouge people, especially when it comes to sugary or salty snacks. That's just un-American. That's all the time we have for today. I'm Bob Joseph. It has been a pleasure. I'll be back Monday morning right here on News Radio WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.